welcome to episode 11 of the Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. 11. It is a significant number in the context of Chelsea's week. It is the number of Spurs fans remaining in Wembley Stadium at the final whistle on Sunday, and also the unusually high number of Chelsea players remaining on the Stamford Bridge pitch at the final whistle last night after our defeat in <laughs> <at> Barcelona. <laughs> it is allegedly... <laughs> I haven't finished yet. <laughs> it is allegedly the number of contracts that Michel Platini has out in the life of last night's referee, Felix Brick. I presume I'm pronouncing his name reasonably correctly, for having quite a decent game. And also on a scale of 1 to 10, how much of a complete wanker Barcelona's Andres Andre Iniesta is for suggesting our victory was in some way unjust. Oh. One little son, suck it up. <laughs> Joining me this oh, week over the events of the last few days are Mark25, who is Mark, Dr. Blue Bayou, who is Donal, and Grocer Jack, who is Tony. Good Gates. evening. Welcome. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. We will start on what has been a fairly epic week in um, in terms of uh, Chelsea history with Spurs on Sunday at Wembley. Um, we'll make a brief reference to um, the abuse of the uh, the minute silence, which um, I think we, we all pretty much predicted on here last week. It was a great shame. Donald, you had a, a good a good shout about it on the um, on the blog. We probably don't need to, to add anything, but I, the one thing that seems to have come from this is that Liverpool fans, as far as I can tell, are sort of, you know, let's keep it amongst ourselves now. Um, certainly from what I've seen, um, there's been a fair bit of abuse floating about. Um, it was, after all, a fairly limited number of fans, but, you know, unfortunately the club gets tarred with a, a brush, so to speak. Um, if anyone wants to chip their four penneth in, Neil, please do. If not, we'll move on to the game. Well, I'll just quickly say that um, I thought Donal wrote a fabulous piece about that. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the uh, the whole um, point of, of doing the silence. I think, frankly, it's time to move on. And I think the rest of football is being asked to commemorate something which, uh, you know, I think people want to look on the positive side of things. So I think the FA could have got around that with one simple move, which was don't do it. Mm. And uh, But if they're going to do it, <coughs> it costs nothing to keep your mouth shut for one minute. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And it's, you know, you have the option to stay on the concourse, you know, right, it's not the way that um, these folk work. Obviously, they want their voices to be heard and um, and to cause the fuss. But um, but anyway, we shall, um, we shall ramble on that no more. Um, an excellent performance all round. Um, Mark, were you the only one out of us that went? Because I certainly didn't go. I, I was on, on TV for that one. Yeah, no, I was there. Excellent. Um, your thoughts on the game, to start off with? Well, it was a great game. Um, who could have anticipated that we'd end up sticking five past Spurs anywhere, let alone Wembley? Mm. Um, so, you know, I was a bit nervous beforehand because I thought Spurs were very marginal favourites, to be honest. Yeah. And that we mm. might be saving ourselves mm. a little bit for Barcelona later on in the week. Um, and I was quite surprised that he put out such a full team. I thought he might be resting one or two. Yeah. Um from where I was sitting in my elevated seat because normally at Chelsea I sit in the west lower mm. row 16 which is quite close to the pitch but in Wembley I got allocated to the um, front of the upper tier and even though it's the front of the upper tier it's still a mighty height up in the sky from where I could see Wembley Ikea Big Ben and, <laughs> Big ben and the White Cliffs of Dover in the far distance but I was perfectly positioned even so to see the goal um our second goal mm. and I adjusted for parallax and it was quite clearly over the line 
So I don't know what all the fuss was about, to be honest. Um, the first half, I thought uh, it was watching it on like on TV from where I was sitting, and so I had a perfect view of it. I thought we played very well, and even though they came quite close with mm. hitting the post and the clearance off the line, yeah, I felt confident, and the people around me, we all felt confident that actually we looked like we were outplaying them. Yeah, and you know when Drogba got his goal. It was absolutely fantastic. I mean, that is so classic Drogba. Yeah. Bringing the ball on his mm. chest, rolling round a defender, even though it was the limp-wristed Gallas, it still counts. <laughs> and his shot to thunder it in like that. I mean, the whole crowd was just yeah. beside themselves. It's and uh, 2-0, we couldn't really believe it. Genuinely, from where we were sitting, it looked over. We all shouted goal. And we we weren't cheating in the way they've accused Matter of cheating by shouting for goal It did look over the line mm. When it went to 2-1 um, We all got a bit worried And we thought, oh here we go Can't hold on to a lead And Spurs did look good for 5 or 10 minutes Yeah, they did they come, back, they come back into it reasonably well, didn't they? Um, 3-1 we felt safe 4-1 it was fantastic And 5-1 they were so bad Even Luda got a goal And we were just laughing at that point <laughs> And... Um, at the beginning of the game, they played um, Blue Day by Suggsy. And I was near the centre line, so very close to the Spurs supporters, who were all making very unpleasant hand gestures towards us as we were singing along to that song. Mm. And at the end, you know, I looked over and I wanted to give them the finger. But they'd all gone, and all you could see was this sea of orange seats going round the whole stadium. And it was fantastic. Yeah. Excellent. A good, a good eyewitness account. I mean, the thing that I, everyone touched upon, oh, Drogba's goal, just extraordinary. I mean, I, a couple of people, I thought he had, a, he had, a, he'd had a reasonable game, but a couple of people I spoke to had said, you know, they were at the, you know, just going up to half time. The Drogba's looking like he's having one of his not very interested days. Let's get Torres on in a second. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> uh, no, that's true. Actually, everyone around me was saying, let's get Drogba off. Mm. And I was saying, look, he always scores at Wembley. Just hold on. Mm. Mm. And so it was. I mean, it's um, it's probably a, you know it's a subject for for later on in the season once um, once everything is over and done in terms of who goes and who stays. Um, in that in that kind of form, yes, appreciably, you know, he's he's not as consistent as he once was. Um, but in terms of a man who turns up for for big games and, and does the business when you most need him to. Um, is, is there a team in the Premier League that would turn him down at the moment? I personally can't see. I, I think he'd, he'd pretty much walk his way into any, any squad there is. Well, I don't think Arsenal would take him. <laughs> because they wouldn't play Route 1. Because it's illegal. <laughs> but he always takes against them, so that's the only way Wenger's going to stop him. Mm. Indeed. But, um, um, Donald, your thoughts? Um... Yeah, I mean, I like Mark. I I was approaching the whole game with uh, a mounting sense of, of dread. Uh, I'd spent the afternoon watching um, the Twitter line. I'd taken the kids to some kids mania, you know, run around and bounce off each other, and bounce stuff. off each other, and so on. And I was watching this Twitter feed. Kerry were playing Mayo in a semi final at Croke Park, mm. and I started to believe that somehow I I I was. You know, without Mark's crystal balls, I was actually able to see the future. Because every time Kerry got three or four points ahead, I was thinking, right, 
last thing you want to do now is let Mayo get a goal because obviously goals worth three points and they're back in the game and the next thing that would appear at the bottom of the screen was oh, Mayo have just scored a goal and I'd say to myself Kerry would like to point up and I'd say if we could get a goal now that would make a big difference up the bottom of the screen comes a goal and so on it went until Kerry managed to blow it and lose in the in, in extra time but I was then by then convinced that you know if I was sensing these things as far away as Croke Park then my sense of dread about what was going to happen at Wembley mm. you know must be you know, more sure so like Mark I was, was dreading it a bit but I, I, I was heartened quite early on by the way they passed the ball around you know no, no great threat or no outstanding chances but they settled quicker into the game than Tottenham did. They they got their passing together. They got settled. They got a shape, and you know we've seen enough games this season to know that they've struggled to do that on occasion. Yeah. So it did tend to suggest that they'd arrived to, you know, to be competitive and, and were confident in themselves. Tottenham did, I thought, got, get on top. You know, maybe for fifteen minutes or so on in the first half, and by that I don't mean we were getting battered. It's just that they. As in any sort of normal game, yeah, I will come to last night later. But normal games, there's an ebb and a flow, and, and mm. you know they had a couple of good chances. The clearance off the line was vital, but you know, like Marco, as the game wore on, you thought mm, maybe you know, and, and Bale wasn't, you know, he skated past the singer a couple of times, but. Yes, they, they kept him on the outside. Though they they didn't let him. You know, Bale's big danger is, if I if I read him right, is one is speed, but then he can cut in very sharply. You know, you're trying to keep him to the outside, and then he'll cut inside you, and he's into the box, and he's got a, a really good shot on him. And mm. they seem to have tried to work it so that even if he was getting past the fullback, they were trying to keep him to the outside. And you know. I, and when Dogpa scored, then yes, you know, you suddenly thought mm, this could be on, you know. So yeah, it was a good performance because they, they they just they played they played decent football. You know, it wasn't an outstanding, brilliant performance or anything like that, but it was a, a good, solid. Yeah, you know, everyone stepped up to the plate, and and you know, no one you couldn't single anyone out and say no, were poor or this was all wrong or anything like that. They they seemed to. They're, they're gelling, aren't they, as a team in the last few it's, weeks? It's, you know, Fulham was disappointing and everything, but there is that sense that something is coming together. It, it may not be enough to win us the FA Cup or see us through against Mark, but they've certainly cohered, you know, which is good for next season, because although there might be changes, you know that whatever was going on earlier this season, you know, appears, of, appears to be going back over the horizon. So, you know. Mm. We'll see, you know, but I, I thought it was a good performance. Yeah. I mean, I think the, the thing that, that stood out for me in terms of, and it, it was a classic, you know, oh, he's playing, um, was, you know, to 20 minutes in, the commentator mentioned Modric. And he thought, oh, yeah, no, he is playing. Mm. He was very, very anonymous, you know, surprisingly quiet by his standards because he is, the, you know, he is what makes them tick. And I also thought, you know, Parker tends to divide opinion. I think he is a good player, but I don't think he's quite as good as either he thinks he is or other folk think he is. Um, and I thought the way that, that Matter sort of used that space in front of the back four, just zipping around, I, and Parker, for me, just simply didn't know how to deal with him. Mm. Um, and 
you know, as we will talk about the Barcelona game later in terms of the, the shield who was in front of, um, you know, what could be three of England's back four in um, Euro 2012 was Mikel, um, mm. who obviously had a fantastic game. Um, the difference between him and Parker, you yeah. know, P- Parker may have the, the blood and thunder and the um, and the graft, but he certainly doesn't have the nous or the craft as far as I'm concerned. Mm. Um, there was one ball that Modric played. You, you're right, he, he, he was sort of in and out of the game, but... I think the first time Bale really posed a threat was, you know, the ball came to Modric. And I think he almost in one, I'm, I'm yeah. trying to remember now, in one movement, sort of hit it with the outside of his foot and bent it down the line for that. And it was, you know, it, there was only one place it could go to, to, to get past the singler, and it did. And Bale was straight onto it like a, you know, uh, like a hare or whatever you like to, you know. During the last transfer window, as it was getting towards the end, I think in a crazy moment, Roman might have gone up to about fifty million to pay for Modric. Yeah, yeah. After Saturday, mm. or was it Sunday? Yes, yeah, Sunday. Mm. I'm sure the valuation must have dropped to twenty-five. Mm. <laughs> but he was always uh, Modric is a good player. I'm not knocking mm. at all. But he was always a sort of twenty-five, twenty million pound player. You know, he'd be a good addition to a, a squad that you know needed that sort of. You know, we've only got matter. You need two or three, four maybe ball players. You know, you need those in the squad. Mm. You know, the, the the thought that we were going to pay, well, these days that we'd pay 50 million for nearly anyone, you know, gives me the, the release, I have to say. You know, the, this sort of talking up that goes on. And we're a club that still, you always feel we'll still chat <coughs> too much at someone almost because, you know, if we don't think we're going to get them and we want them, we've got to have them. You know, yeah. hopefully that mentality may die away. But yeah, he was never a 50 million pound player. No, I think I mean, just in terms of you know, kind of absenteeism and so forth, we um, the, the strength of our squad. I, I think it's it's been a little bit in balance for for a while now. There's places we're, we're weakened, but in terms of numbers, um, we obviously not mentioned that that Lewis disappeared relatively early on um, and was was obviously absent last night. Um, and we didn't particularly notice whether he would have been the right player for last night Gary Cahill uh, we'll talk about later had a, had a superb game but he also played very well when um, when he came in on Sunday as well mm. and um, in terms of playing big money for, for players 7 million quid um, on the basis of you know bearing in mind this guy was, was fighting relegation at the beginning of the season you know he steps in and um, you know robs Lionel Messi a couple of times last night and, and has mm. a superb game 7 million quid is looking um <laughs> Is looking a very, very true thought. Um, I would, I would just counsel you, John. Mm. You know, there, there are names that spring to mind who played, you know, a game against Barcelona <laughs> successfully for Chelsea. Bularoops. Uh, Khaled springs to mind. Not that I'm saying that that's Gary Cahill by any means, but you know, no, one true. Barcelona game does not a player make. No, indeed. I think Shakespeare wrote that. Didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> Very probably, very probably. Um, Mr Glover, we will come to you. Um, a few of your thoughts on the game, please. Um, so, first of all, I thought Cahill had a cracker when he came on. Um, so, not just last night. I think he's looked good whenever he's come on or whenever he's played. Um, yeah. I, I think we have a, a new John Terry, perhaps without some of the controversy, um, ready-made to come in. Um, and I think £7 million could be one of the buyers of the season there I think great bit of business that Um, I think the first point um, I'm glad on the Spurs game I'm glad to see that our policy of um, 
following Manchester United as becoming registered investors in people has come to fruition starting with a referee. I thought that was a very good move. They've had Howard <laughs> Webb on side for some time and I think, uh, I think, I think the money we've pumped into Mr Atkinson's um, brand new Audi, um, I dare say uh, a nice house with an in-and-out gravel drive um, and various things like that, has paid off. Um, but on a sort of serious note, you know, who cares? Um, they can have that goal back. I couldn't care less. Um, <laughs> there's still four others that they didn't stop. And, you know, mo- yeah, but they all got, yeah, but it was a vital part of the game and it was momentum and all that sort of stuff. And, um, yeah, yeah, I agree with all that. But of course, if my, um, if my aunt had bollocks, she'd be my uncle. So, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it's all a bit relative, that, isn't it? And, uh, I thought, actually, um, I, I thought, like Donal and, and, and Mark, I think to a degree, I, I was filled with a bit of dread. I thought that having sat through Wigan, okay, and damn nearly been woken up a couple of times during that game, um, and then then repeated a similar uh, experience at watching Fulham, albeit from a distance, uh, I thought I hadn't seen anything. And then with Benfica, I hadn't seen anything to make me think that we were going to take on this slightly fallen but overall the season this resurgent Spurs um, and to see them resort to what they undoubtedly are I think the re- phrase regression to the mean um, <laughs> springs to mind yet again here as, as, they, as they fall back into where they normally are each season I think um, was very pleasing I thought it was our best performance of the season I, I genuinely can't remember us playing another team this season that well and being that mm. confident, and it, and it did come with the game. I mean, the Drogba goal. I, I watched the first half in the clubhouse at uh, my, my golf club. I haven't had a very, very uh, nip and tuck game of golf all the way round, which I only won on the last hole. And then drove home, and between the end of the first half and the beginning of the second half, completely chickened out of watching the second half, and thought, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll do what any good Howard. <laughs> any good superstitious Chelsea fan will do um, and hid and uh, my missus came down and said don't you want to watch it then I went no and and she came back down 45 minutes later and said do you want to know the score and she tries to do this to wind me up um, but she just couldn't take the grin off her face to be quite honest and she just said 5-1 so then I well, I'd recorded the game and had the pleasure of watching it back again and we grew I have this vision, have this vision of Tony crouched in an understairs cupboard and his <laughs> wife periodically coming and opening the door to pass <laughs> in a cup of tea Donald, was that Tony and crouch in the understairs cupboard <laughs> 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 yes uh, that would be that would be quite a feat it would be, be quite a sight for, for those of you who don't know Tony and I, 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 I don't I mean, this is no insult. The difference yeah. in height between him and Peter Crouch is substantial. Is, is quite considerable, yes. shall we say? Yeah. We, you could you could probably fit a couple of dwarfs between us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and I'd still be in it short. But I, I think just the other points. I thought Drogba, uh, like Donal uh, and everybody else, I thought, oh, you know, he's frouncing and whatever. Then he scores <clears throat> that goal. That goal um, would have had uh, we would have had a mass. Um, media orgasm 
uh, and the uh, the tummy wipe lorry would have had to pull up outside Wembley had that been Rooney or anyone else that had scored that. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I would just say that it was a fabulous goal. But let's not take away Lampard's absolute scorcher, Ramirez, with a delightful finish. And I think Ramirez has gone back to where he was earlier in the season. He's yeah, he's, he's, couple last couple of games, he's really stepped terrifying. Up, and it's good to see. Uh, I mean, it's a bit unfortunate for AVB that some of these players have only just started to show their true form but um, a player that he didn't seem to have much faith in which I've harped on about on Twitter had a bit of a Twitter debate with someone last night about John Michelobi who I think has been mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to use the word Balak-esque because he's been magnificent and last night he was superb but against Spurs you know to see him to see Cahill to see um, uh, Ashley Cole coming back into form uh, it is pleasing and you know, even Morelles and players like that are starting to come out with this this kind of cocky arrogance that we used to have. Um, I'll just finish off on two points. Modric, um, I had a theory that he was a bit on the quiet side because he really doesn't want to upset his new teammates. Um, <laughs> and that Gareth Bale is not the player that he could have been had he gone to United or Arsenal. I genuinely think he's he's been stifled if you like by being in that side I think if he'd gone to Arsenal uh, he would be frightening now I think Wenger would have had a different take on it because he he looks like the sort of player that can scare you from time to time but recall Mm -hmm. recall the 0-0 ball draw at Stamford Bridge and you know it was 25 minutes before I realised he was even on the pitch yeah, it's, you know, but uh, yeah, um, I think mean, he's, he's he's definitely got promise, but I, I think you're right. I think whether he's he's sort of there's too much expectation on him at Spurs to be the one who always delivers. He can put him in the United side with you know yeah. bigger and better player, arguably yeah. bigger and better players. Yeah. It, it would maybe help him. Um, but yeah, I see. I certainly see what you mean. But they, I mean, Spurs have struggled. You know, any of their fans that you, you talk to would tell you that since the Harry for England, you know, almost since the the gavel came down and he was set free. Um, oh, almost since that day, you know, things... You the team has not played, minute. you know. No, but at least that. we know what's in store for the summer. I mean, basically, if he's running England and they go two goals behind and Harry decides to change the shape, we'll go five goals behind. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, I mean, as I said in my piece, Jim Beglin... <laughs> Predicted it. He said, "You know, they're going to bring Defoe on. They'll take Van der Vaart. If they go to four four two, yes, it might give him, you know, more attacking potential. But he's taking a big risk because he's going to leave the space for for Matter to play in. Mm. And sure as you know, eggs. That's exactly what happened. Matter had a field day on Sunday. Mm. He was. Yeah, I did. It was very much much more in the second half. I thought, you know, which yeah. is what well, once they went down to four in midfield." You know, he, he had the, just the time in the room, and you know that was a, a big. Well, you know, it's a gamble by by Redknapp, but you wonder whether there were other ways to have <clears throat> to have run the changes without freeing up matter quite so much. Mm. There um, you go. And of course, what that led to um, that glorious little five-one victory, which sent um, sent Spurs packing back to um, back from whence they came, um, is final with Liverpool. Uh, who had beaten Everton the day previously 2-1 <laughs> having watched the, the Liverpool-Everton game Everton 
as much as we like David Moyes and we admire him for what he's done, um, having spoken to a couple of Evertonians afterwards, they were not furious but sort of resigned in the sense that, you know, they go one one up against arguably a pretty poor Liverpool side and then just stop playing and and blew their chance. You know, they all said it was the best chance they've had of silverware for some time. But we play Liverpool. Um, Kenny Dalglish has an appallingly good record against us. I don't think we've ever actually beaten him as a manager, have we? No. From what I can recall. No. Um, so that one needs to be um, needs to be put right on May the 5th. Um, we, we haven't beaten them in any game, I think, for about three seasons, apparently. It's been, been quite been a while, though, hasn't it? Yeah. So that, that would... Um, that it's it's going to be a, an unpleasant hate fest, isn't it? it it's not going to be a nice game, I would suggest. It all, you know, I, we won the double. You know, we, we've played Everton and we've played Portsmouth, you know, in those finals. Mm. And this isn't about, you know, whether we're favourites or we're not. It was just about the build-up and yeah. and the opposing fans. And, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of Evertonians and Portsmouth fans who can't stand the sight of us. But there is none of that, you know, the, the nastiness and unpleasantness that there's going to be coming up to this yeah. game. Uh, there, is, there is an opportunity to build bridges, though, because actually, mm. I don't know if you know, the FA Cup final tickets are available on the Chelsea FC website tomorrow from 7am. Yes. Tomorrow morning. But uh, on the day of the match, the Northwest Line and Virgin Trains are disrupted due to engineering works which can't be moved so there's no way the Liverpool fans can get back so if you want to build a bridge with Liverpool fans mm. you can offer lodging <laughs> for maybe four fans per room on the Saturday night as a gesture of good you know <laughs> I, I, but I thought I, I thought I thought that pastoral comment I think that was excellent well done Mark I thought rail works would, would mean that we'd have moved the game back to sort of midday-ish because that's what they did for the semi-final because mm. there was rail works in the evening uh, what well, you uh, mean for the FA Cup final with Budweiser? At 5.15. At 5.15, this, uh, this special part of our whole, you know... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, going, to, I'm not no. going to ask the cloud over no. this pod, but we can deal with that another time. I do feel... I, personally, I think if we play like we did against Tottenham, we will tear Liverpool a new one. They won't live with us, I can't see it. Mm. I can't. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't say a performance like that. We, sh- we should be okay, but um, although we might be completely exhausted by then, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so we could well be well and truly knackered. But um, uh, so yeah, May the fifth is five fifteen. Um, yeah, we'll touch on that another time. But um, fun, <coughs> frankly, I'm not particularly impressed with that at all. Um, so we move on. Actually, can I, can I just say one thing yeah. before go we ahead, move on? Ahead. Sorry, Mark, interrupt, yeah. But on, yeah. on Donald's report, he, he did make reference to having a number of Spurs fans. Uh, Spurs fans as friends mm. and growing up in Tottenham mm. so um, Jonathan just as a chairman I'd just like to know what background checks you have run on it, all three of us <laughs> to make sure that we are fit and proper to be taking part in this podcast um, frankly having met you all I'm asking no questions about anything <laughs> well, all I can say is I love Chelsea but maybe not as much as you. <laughs> Can I also make reference? I, obviously, a lot of people probably didn't get past the uh, the ranting and raving in my uh, in my piece on the blog there. Mm. But <clears throat> I, I do think one ought to, because it was such a curious incident. It, it sort of stuck in my mind. Was the uh, was the John Terry Snotgate incident that I made reference to? <laughs> And if you have got a recording, it is worth seeing, because it was, you know, I, I, I don't know why it caught my eye, but it was the way, you know, Adebayor was slump-shouldered, wandering away, and I saw Terry marching towards him, and I thought he was going to give him a right ear bashing, you know, for 
going in late at that point of the game and there was nothing to be gained. Mm. And he just said something quiet to him and had a by all sort of half shrugged, you know. And and then you can just clearly see him go, Eddie, Eddie, as he's walking away. And then say something to him. I can't lip read, unlike the, the people who um, dogged him in, supposedly, over the Anton Ferdinand thing. But then quite clearly, he sort of makes a, a motion with his hands. And the next thing is, Adebayor pulls the shirt up to the nose and he's wiping snot off his nose, off the outside of his nostrils. <laughs> so John Terry... Said, um, he said to him that you're our bogey team. <laughs> and Adebayor completely misunderstood it. But it was the fact that John Terry is a consummate professional. He knows that when you've got a yellow card and you're walking away the camera will be on you. Mm. And, you know, he's aware that there's a fellow professional who, you know, could be caught in a lens with, you know, sort of... Uh, These would be hidden PR skills, the likes of which I've never, ever known. Well, it was dark arts. <laughs> but on the one hand, you know, as I said in the piece, on the one hand, you know, is this the, the, just the common, ordinary humanity of a decent bloke who's caring for a fellow professional... Or is it someone, you know, who's <laughs> who's looking to improve his PR? I happen to think it's the former. You know, I don't think you could be that <laughs> quite that crafty, but it was very interesting, you know, given the sort of accusations that have been going on. And I just thought I'd throw that into the mix of something. Well, maybe that... Adebayor can be <clears throat> at the trial <clears throat> in June as a um, witness on behalf of John Terry. Yeah. Subject yes. to it not being too late to... Um, put him forward as a witness, but we'll have to ring Theresa May to find out whether it's the right time. I'm fairly certain. Um, I think, um, given the um, the ectoplasmic nature of the goal and um, the, the story we've just just heard, it's probably fair to say to round up that we had the rub of the green on Sunday. Oh. Boom, boom. Um, um, moving on. Um, cue time, Donal. Um, yes, I'm, I'm getting ready here. Europe and uh, last night's magnificent game against Barcelona. Can I just say that I don't have a band in the room? No, but I think you've really improved since the last time. It's all right, boys. It's all right, boys. We're not down the pub now. We're done. I thought, I thought the pet shop boys were in there with you. Um, <coughs> excuse me. <laughs> I think they were in the understairs cupboard. <laughs> they were in the Terribly crowded in. Um, last night, um, a magnificent, magnificent performance. Um, Obviously, there is, there is much to discuss. We rode our luck at times, but in terms of um, a defensive masterclass in, in how to play Barcelona at their own game, albeit with um, the old bit of luck, um, I, I think it, it could scarcely have been better. Another goal would have been nice, but you know, let's not um, let's not overstretch ourselves. One um, nil, we go. We are apparently two to one to um, to get something in the new camp and, and progress to uh, the final in Munich on May the nineteenth. What more can you say about it? Um, a terrific night. Um, I had a very enjoyable day with um, a Dutch gentleman who listens to this podcast and um, frankly ended up the ine- evening fairly inebriated and, um, and needed to go home to my bed in a fairly tired and emotional state. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll move to the game. Um, 
Mark, you were obviously that you can kick us off, um, frankly, because you did an extraordinarily good job on the Spurs game. So why not carry on as we um, as we do? Your thoughts? Actually, I won't talk too much about the game if you don't mind. I'll let you do that, or um, Tony or Daniel afterwards. But I wouldn't mind talking about um, people keep going on about what is the right way to play football, <laughs> and oh, I'm tired please. of I'm tired of Wenger. And now Fabregas is his little sidekick. And the press defining what is the right way to play football. You know, what gives them the right to define it? After all, I mean, Wenger, Fabregas, they're foreigners. And England, we invented football. <laughs> so, rather like cheddar cheese and Cornish pasties and champagne, if something doesn't come from the region in which it was created, it's not what it is. Mm. So... Anything outside of England is not football. And only English football is true football. And what what Barcelona playing isn't football. It's sort of some sort of circus act with a gorilla poil at the circus master at the back, surrounded by a bunch of performing midgets. And I, to be honest, watching Barcelona last night, I didn't enjoy it at all. I enjoyed Chelsea, I enjoyed our win, I enjoyed our performance. Mm. But just watching them endlessly pass the ball in little circles all over the pitch, I couldn't watch that every week. And I much prefer watching what we get in England. Here, here. And, and um, Chelsea Spurs was a classic, and not just because we won 5-1. Even Spurs' goal, I enjoyed the way they charged up the field and crashed into mm. Peter Cech and Bale came charging in to score. That is the kind of football that I enjoy watching. Yes. yes, thank you. And I think actually Barcelona are the enemy of football and they're destroying it. I like fish and chips. And they've turned it into calamari and patatas bravas. Well said. I couldn't agree more with you. And, and, and if everybody played that type of football, we'd be watching basketball, my friends. That's what we would be watching. Yeah, I, I think it's more like beach soccer. Yeah, it, it's it's... I, I, I totally agree. I can't begin to tell you how much I detest the the the, the, the accusations of anti-football. You know, uh, I would always always hold up one of the most perfect games of football: Inter Milan versus Barcelona two years ago. Inter Milan down to ten men, <coughs> a goal down, but holding a two-nil lead from the first leg, and yeah. the glee, the sheer glee in Mourinho's face and this was before uh, John and I were on Twitter we texted each other that night and I don't know if you remember this John yeah yeah we, no, we, we had a text uh, an SMS discussion about the sheer glee and how Mourinho was revelling in it and how Inter Milan never had a single shot on goal and it was just fabulous to watch. That is as much part of the game. And it's been Arsenal's downfall for years. It's just been this, you know, we're going to play this lovely tippy-tappy football. It's, it, I don't want to watch dancing. I want to watch football. I want to watch people getting kicked up in the air. I want to watch end-to-end stuff. I want to watch theatrics, you know, uh, and that sort of stuff. So, Mark, I doff my cap in your direction for that fine speech. <laughs> Thank you very much. And... and um so, you know, Wenger would say that Chelsea aren't playing true football and that we resorted to the long ball. He'd say the same about Stoke. But mm. actually, you know, I'm now becoming a big fan of Stoke. And um, I applaud you, Tony, for becoming our ambassador and travelling up there once a week to build relations. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yes, the Britannia Stadium is on my list of places to visit next time I, I'm up there. I, I almost feel that, Donald, we should, we should ask you if you've got the Dan Busters programmed into your, your, your organ. So to speak. <laughs> <laughs> we need to. <laughs> if he can play the Dan Busters on his organ, I will be. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thank you. Just, you just reminded me about some sort of ob- obscene joke about someone having a sexually transmitted disease that <laughs> meant they had various holes in their genitalia. Yeah. You know, yeah. Anyway, we won't go yes. there. Because no, it's it's a fam- this is a family show. I'm, I'm, so I'm looking here. I don't. I don't see it. I've got Twinkle Twinkle Little Star and the Nutcracker and Yankee Doodle, but that's about it. Thank the Lord. And she's gone to bed now, so I've got no hope of programming. It. <laughs> thank, um, thank the Lord. There's no video feed. Um, oh. I, I would. I would echo that. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the game a bit more in detail. But my my, my personal view on this, and I've, I've ranted on many occasions. I think. Pete Watts made a very good comment on the blog today is that some, there's some times where you have to stand back and admire what they do mm. because they can be extraordinary. Um, my take on it is it's like watching a 90 minute or listening to a 90 minute guitar solo. It's technically terribly impressive and, and obviously you have to admire that aspect of it. Mm. But after about 90 seconds, it is boring as hell. Uh, I, I simply, it, it doesn't really do that much for me. You know, watch, watching Spain win the World Cup and the Euros, yeah, it, it, technically brilliant and there were some great moments, but it's not, I agree, it's not the kind of football I want to watch. And the other point that I would make is that, you know, we're not there to, to somehow enhance the Barcelona myth. We're there to win a football match. And the simple point is, if we try and play them at ticky-tacky, parsy-parsy-parsy, you know, 800 passes in a game, we're going to get the shit ripped out of us. Well, so we play how we know we can play, and we get a result. Yeah, this, this so is, the previous this is... two English teams who have tried to play them at their own game, Manchester United and Arsenal, have both been shown up for not being able to do it. They made the mistake of trying to take that kind of football to Barcelona. It's not going to work. And I always, the way I saw it last night... Very much England versus Brazil, 1970. We couldn't live with Brazil. No team could that year, OK? But we didn't try to. And Brazil only just beat us on that particular day in, in Mexico. And um, you know, we can count ourselves a bit unlucky back then. And I, I, I'm perfectly with you. I, I admit at times you think this is fantastic stuff. But um, there's a guitarist out there, Joe Satriani. Oh, okay. Technically brilliant. Absolutely, no, no soul whatsoever. No soul. I think, Sorry, um, Donal. There was that, um, you mentioned Pete Watts, he, he linked to a zone, zonal marking. I don't always agree with everything I read on zonal marking, but they did make the point that, and, and this is where all the, you know, Barcelona have moved on to art, the rest of us are still, you know, in the sand pit, you know, doing finger yeah. painting sort of cack that comes out, is that, Barcelona have decided, and you know, uh, Athletic Bilbao are playing not the same as Barcelona, but they're playing a another style of football. And any style of football you play is a mixture of attack and defence. And retaining possession for long periods of time is as much a defensive ploy as it is an attacking ploy. And they made the point, and a very correct point: the reason you would possibly have got bored watching them last night was that last night, every time they had the ball and they played their triangles, they were just holding the ball. Because Chelsea weren't coming to get it. Because mm. Chelsea were, were 
concentrated on keeping a shape and, and blocking certain areas of the pitch and crowding certain areas of the pitch to stop Barcelona attacking. So Barcelona's view, which wouldn't always be the view of any other team, is that we will keep the ball between the halfway line and, say, the bottom of the, the centre circle, and we'll pass the ball around there. And we'll keep the ball, and eventually one of these players will break concentration, will lose the shape, will get pulled out, and then we'll go for it. Yeah. And what you saw last night was, as you saw with Inter Milan when they played them, and to a certain extent in San Siro a few weeks ago when AC Milan did it, um, is if a team can keep a shape and keep its concentration yeah. and refuse to be drawn into going after the ball aggressively, then Barcelona have to wait and then you're waiting and then it becomes a standoff. Mm. Now, that, there's no difference there to watching two teams play long ball football. You know, we hoof it down one end of the pitch, it bounces around, goes out, they hoof it back. It, it, it's just different ways of doing the same thing. Yeah. And as people, as you say, quite rightly, if you don't play that type of football week in, week out, why on God's green earth would you run out there last night and try and play that sort of football against them? Exactly. No way. Absolutely no way. And, and Tony's right. If two teams played the Barcelona style, the Barcelona style is a very, very aggressive, negative style of football in one way. And that is that they press the ball right up on your penalty box. They want the ball back off you as soon as you've got it. Well, I think it's kind right. of, if two it's teams do that, and they're things. just going to press each other, you know, where does the pressing, mm. you know, if two teams press, what happens? You know what I mean? And I haven't, obviously we haven't seen another team as good as Barcelona. Maybe in a year or two, it'd be interesting to watch what happens, say, with Bilbao against them. But if both teams are trying to aggressively press as soon as they've lost the ball, it's going to be quite a, an interesting thing to see. But mm. normally, like in boxing, you've got an aggressor and a defender. And that's, you know, that's all we were doing was we were, you know, yeah. and it, it made perfect sense. And we're, it, it's, they're trying to make out that we're some sort of team scrubby pub outfit that's just getting lucky every time against Barcelona. Mm. We've had two or three different coaches all approach this same problem the same way he didn't did it for us Mourinho did it with Inter Milan you saw AC Milan do it the other week I'm sure there are several teams in the Spanish league who do it mm. they just sit in hold their shape and block the, the sort of attacking avenues that Barca are always looking for you keep them out wide but they, they you know we, I read oh you know they had six times as many chances <clears throat> I was in I was in the Matthew Arding Lola last night which is somewhere I, I rarely ever go and I had a really good view of the scoreboard and there was a couple of times where you know they took a whack at the ball from way outside the penalty box and the next thing was a bloke in Rose Ed was being carried out on a stretcher <laughs> think you know the little box with chances in it think another chance goes up well yeah. they can have 50 of those chances all bleeding night because they'll never score the chances that matter are the th the half dozen really good chances that they had and they muffed them. Mm. That was nothing to do with us. That was yeah. their fault. I think, they, I mean, just just to, to sort of, to, to kind of bring it back to the game, in, in terms of the, you know, the whole number of passes thing, you know, the most effective move of the night in terms of a result was Messi trying to nutmeg Frank on the, you know, on the yeah. halfway line. Yeah. 
Pastor Ramirez, a slightly, I thought a slightly scuffed cross. I don't think it was actually a, a particularly great cross, but it, it landed in the right place. Drogba, goal. It was, you know, from the halfway line, two passes, goal. Yeah. It, it, it's simple, it's effective, it won the game. That's yeah. there is to it. And, you know, you can you can sit and quote possession stats, God knows what else. Yeah, I did Twitter last night and this morning, it just became so unbelievably tedious. It's not, well, you know, I remember seeing a comedian make reference to the whole sort of sizes and everything debate. Bear with me, I'll, I'll get to the point. And, and you believed her. <laughs> Sadly, yes. <laughs> and um, her line was, I don't care if it's turning somersaults, if it's not touching the sides, it's... <laughs> I, I, sort of, I kind of felt that way about last night. You know, it's, it's all very well quoting this, that and the other, but, you know, ultimately, if the end result isn't there, who cares? Um, we, we scored a Barcelona goal last night because that's what Barcelona are all about. Mm. You've got the ball, and you think you're safe. Messi had the ball, lost his concentration for a second. And then bang, bang. He got the ball taken off him. What Barcelona concentrate on doing is getting the ball back off you within the first two or three seconds of you getting the ball off them. Frank had that away within two to three seconds, so they couldn't get it back. Put it into a space behind Dani Alves, who always pushes up. Yes. Ramirez was there to get into that. That's why he was playing on that side of the pitch, was to stop Alves coming up and to get behind him when the chance was there yeah. and you know that that was up on a chalkboard in the training ground that move was on a chalkboard yeah. somewhere because that's exactly what they were looking to do they were waiting for that one moment where someone let the ball loose near midfield and we hit them you know within five seconds of them losing the ball balls in the back of the net yeah. Yeah. that's the sort of thing Barcelona do week in week out to everyone yeah no, absolutely I mean I think it just so kind of going back to in terms of their aggressive pressing I can't remember where I read it or whether someone told me or where it came from but um, when Guardiola first arrived I think he actually made the comment that we're horrible without the but you know we're great on the ball and this is you know he, when he took charge of the team he had sort of you know Deco, Ronaldinho people like that I, I think I'd, you know but I'm not going through the exact timeline of, of Barcelona's history over the last five years but he said categorically we're horrible without the ball and what where he's improved them as a team and you know where he's kind of sort of moved the debate on in terms of football tactics is that I think it's something like you know we don't want to be without the ball for more than three passes and it's kind of almost going back to that sort of I can't remember the guy's name is it Charles Reap who was the man who wrote the sort of the football tactics book way back when um in in England you know he, he was an Englishman I think he was wing commander or something like that and and his his basic idea as far as I can recall and I'm simplifying it ridiculously probably getting it wrong but it, it was basically all you need is three passes you get it into a certain area within three passes and you've got a very good chance of scoring a goal yeah. mm. um, and it's, it's it almost seems like a development of that it's kind of you know you don't want the other team having three passes because mm. hey let's be honest we scored in two last night that's mm. why you don't want the other yeah. team to have it so that's why they press and so it's interesting ties in nicely with our, our penchant earlier in the season for overplaying it yeah mm. kept losing the ball and yeah, yeah, yeah. time well, I yeah. think they should make it a rule it's illegal to have more than three passes <laughs> 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 but that's Barcelona set out you know they talk about this anti-football nonsense I've got I've got nothing against Barcelona some nights they'll be great to watch some nights they won't be good. there's never been a team in footballing history 
that were great to watch every game they played. No. You know, football is always worth watching, sometimes to work out why it is so tedious. You know, there's always something to be taken from a game. Barcelona set out to squeeze the life out of the opposition, to stop them playing any sort of game of football at all. Mm. Now, you know, if you want to be uh, argumentative about it, you could say, well, isn't that anti-football? No, it's not anti It's a way of playing football. And what we what we did and AC Milan have done and other teams have done is also a way of playing football. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's recognising where their strengths are and where there's, our strengths there are. No, there is no right or wrong way, no. No. depending, you know, obviously, depending on who you talk to. And I think, you know, an, an awful lot of the, the, the pundits are actually quite fair. There was, there was a lot, there are a few fairly better people. Rory Smith from the Times was ranting and raving, this is not the way to play football, it's ridiculous. Well, he was very much in the minority, though, out of the press was, that yeah, I saw. Whereas the majority of them people said, do seem to have been appreciative. Yeah. Uh, uh, the, the, the London Evening Standard is, is doing a job on us. You know, they've got, I think, Barclay. I haven't read his bit, but there's some other fellow, Dave Jones or Dan Jones. Dan Jones, yeah. God, hell. Shite writer, frankly, from what I've seen. Oh, but, um, awful. And, and it, they, 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 I mean, they, they, I guess, playing devil's advocate to a degree. I, I, I think, and I, I thought it was. Frank or, or, or whatever, or someone after the game said, you know, that the whole thing that Chelsea did well was, you know, they let Barcelona have the ball in areas of no consequence. Mm. Yeah. And, and that is, you know, goes back to what Donald was saying about shutting down the avenues where they can be dangerous. Uh, and and some, uh, you know, I, 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 as you well know, didn't actually watch the game live. I was en route back from Stoke in atrocious weather, etc., etc., um, mm. negotiating some of the arsehole motorways of, 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 of this great country. And I turned it off with ten minutes to go because uh, on Five Live, <laughs> I, I just simply couldn't take the stress. They, it was being made. Who was commentating on Five Live? Uh, Alan Green and um, uh, I think I can't remember the other guy's name now. The other guy was all right. Alan, to be fair, Alan Green, um, you know, he, he was pretty much saying, you know, this is what people will have to do against, mm. you know, against Barcelona. But you know, the, the, they they find themselves getting carried away on the hype of, oh, isn't this beautiful? Chelsea haven't had the ball uh, and you know you're thinking to yourself what it, it sounded so bad so I then got in and at about half half ten last night I sat and watched the game mm. um, uh, uh, went through all the uh, uh, I won't say the word all the uh, UC trademark of Adrian Childs and and the sheer contempt of Roy Keane as he <laughs> every virtually everything that, that Childs said mm. uh, and then watched the game and as I watched it I just thought this is magnificent oh, the only thing I didn't hear was John Terry shouting out the words front rank fire <laughs> rear rank fire reload because it was Rourke's, yeah. it was the Rourke's drift of football mm. it was wave after wave of attacks from, from this you know uh, we, we were swarmed uh, swamped with them or whatever yet there they were two banks of five at most of the time, occasionally with Drogba wandering off or whatever. Mm. Um, uh, you know, I, 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 I was thinking there's going to be men of Harlech breaking out here in a minute. It was just, it was incredible. And it, it I, you know, I was puffing up my chest as I watched it and thinking, this is, this is, this is how it should be played. And I, I kept going back to the Inter Milan game. I kept going back to the Hiddink um, um, game that we had um yeah. Stanford Bridge, where we were frankly cheated out of the out yeah. of the victory that we deserved, and, and, and after the brilliant nil nil in the new camp, which is you know yes. it's the kind of performance we need next Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, and, and and suddenly the observation was uh, I I 
100 went into work this morning and there were a couple of people you know uh, the first comment I got was um, you know mind uh, mind that little bit of floor tile that's sticking up there and what's, what's the problem with that and they said well you know if you like Drogba you'll be falling over now I want to make a point on this right Barcelona have been they have been the Al Pacino the Dustin Hoffman the Robert De Niro of play acting for years Buskets makes a career out of it, if that's how you pronounce his name, yeah. Um, I remember the uh, Real Madrid game they had last year, I can't remember if it was an El Clasico or in the Champions League. It was a disgrace, utter disgrace. And they have done it for years, they have got players sent off, we've suffered from it, okay, um, and they've taken full advantage of the 10 men scenario. And they've never beaten us with 11. And that's, for me, yeah. come next week, we, the first thing that should be on that team orders, stay on the pitch. And yeah. then, uh, uh, I think the only problem we've got next week is whether we stick or twist. We didn't know what to do against Benfica. Okay. Mm. Um, <coughs> and, uh, uh, frankly, uh, I, I've, I've not got an answer to that. Part of me says, twist, go for it. Uh, try and get an early goal. Because whatever happens now, they haven't got an away goal. So, if you try to put this into some sort of focus, Barcelona have to beat us by two clear goals. Yeah. That's yeah. the only scenario that will get them through. Okay. Mm. And we're not an easy team. We hasten to add, they have never done. Yes. Mm. So, we're not an easy team to do that against. And I think, I just want to make a couple other comments, if that's all right, John. Uh, John Mikel Obi outstanding again last night uh, uh, and, and this is what triggered off my kind of rant on Twitter last night you know where are all you Mikel haters um, oh that's right the humble pie vans pulled up outside your house and you're filling your faces uh, and I didn't get any comeback apart from one guy who said oh he sideways passing and I was like yeah look open your eyes stop reading that book and open up another book and, and, and educate yourself a little bit on this uh, the whole team he, was brilliant. he was terrific he was Morelles, terrific. who wasn't you know, he's not the greatest footballer, but he looked like he looked like bloody Robert De Niro in Taxi Driver. He looked like a psychopath last night, <laughs> and he had the sheer intense concentration on his face of of a psychopath. And I loved every minute of it. And I, the last point, really, in what was for me a, a fantastic display of uh, proper football, um, was the fact that, as Donal said. If you stand there, you stand your ground, you break Barcelona up, you stop them getting the ball into important places. You're going to have to ride your luck a bit, but you do in any game. Mm. Okay, um, Barcelona, like Arsenal, do not have a plan B. They have nothing to resort to. And I've said it for a long time. Manchester United have been the best team in the Premiership for a very good reason for a long time. Um, because they can play tippy-tappy when they want. Yeah, they can play nice football or they can grind out a win. They have plan B, plan C. They have options. We had them with Mourinho. Um, uh, you might argue whether we've got them quite as much now. But Barcelona don't have that. They can't resort to a long ball. They can't resort to a, a, a gritty, uh, ground out, ugly win. They don't. Winning ugly is not in that. That kind of I would, I would, I would say in their not in their defence, but I would say that from Barcelona's point of view, the way they played last night, yeah, Barcelona always set out to win the game, but I think they were more concerned about not somehow getting mugged out of the tight, you know, which may seem a strange thing, <laughs> seeing as they was, you know, according to the pundits over here, if we kept it 
you know, in sort of double rather than treble figures, we'd be doing well. Um, I think Barca were, were just concentrated on, you know, they've made comments afterwards, but I, I think, I think Guardiola will be, you know, it's 1-0. They'll fancy their chances over there. No. They must do at home. You know, just like we came home 3-1 down to Napoli. You know, yeah. they're only 1-0 down. They didn't get the away goal, which I think was what they would have wanted. But I think they were quite happy for long periods of that game just to to, to uh, shield their defence from being exposed too much to yeah. to Drogba and, and, you know, Matter and people just, you know, tearing into them. I think that was perhaps one of their worries. And that's why I think they they kept the ball and didn't play the the sort of 50-50 danger ball which could get taken quickly away. You know, they, they, they were looking for the the real gaps and, and I think they'll, they'll change their game when, when, when they're in Barca yeah, they're, they're they will definitely at home I, I, yeah. think, I mean the, the interesting point for me just to, to kind of sort of touch on our performance um, it's actually easier to list the, the players who didn't have a good game and, and I, I would single out matter not because you know for any other reason that he simply didn't get enough of the, you know he needs the ball to be effective and that's a ridiculous thing to say about a footballer but he simply didn't get enough of the ball in the areas that he needed it because, you know, let's be honest, we had 28% of the possession or whatever happened. And he was playing wide right, wasn't he? Really? Yeah, he was. Locking up that space. Um, so, you know, I, I think he didn't have a, a terribly effective game, but, you know, it's certainly not a criticism of him. But but elsewhere on the pitch, I mean, Mark, you, you made the comment about watching Drogba um, and how sometimes it would be frustrating, but how last night it was magnificent because he simply played them like a fiddle. He just... He did exactly what he had to do. He, he gave the team a breather when they needed it. He fell over. He lay on the floor. The ball was put out. You know, the, the pressure eased. The mm. physio came on. You know, the magic spray brought him round again. And, and ten minutes later, the same thing happened. And it was my only criticism of Drogba's performance was I think he should he should go to acting school because he just needs to refine it a bit more because it's, he makes it so obvious <laughs> when he is acting more subtle and Oscar winning but with a bit more technique you know or just spend a weekend away with Ashley Cole not Ashley Cole Ashley Young <laughs> <laughs> just to learn a little bit more about how to dive I think he could perfect it uh, yes I think you're right he's, 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 he's a bad soap actor isn't he yeah. Is it, is it, was it an episode of Friends where it was um, Joey who referred to it as smell the fart acting? And uh, <laughs> I think that's, that's what dropped his He strayed offside too often in the first half, I thought. I thought he could, you know, he, he, a little, he could have played a little more on the shoulder. You know, we, we, we had several chances to break out quite yeah. well, in the fir- particularly in the first half. I mean, we were all getting annoyed at the linesman, but, you know, from where I was sort of on that corner where the Matthew lower meets the West End... I couldn't tell whether it was offside, so you just scream at the linesman because, you know, yeah. that's the sort of night it was, you know, you're just screaming at everyone, you're just waiting for the whole house of cards to fall in. But I, I will say this, you know, Tony was talking about the Rourke's Drift thing. For long periods of that game, you know, and, and I went to that game thinking, and we were saying in the pub beforehand, if we can just still be in the tie going to Barcelona, you know, yeah. not, not be out of it before we yes. even get to... But for long periods of that game, yes, they had some very, very good chances in the end. But but I wasn't chewing my nails because we 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 stayed so compact and so composed. Mm. And it, you know, for long periods, it wasn't like throwing bodies in the way of shots and last ditch tackles. It was 
quite sort of sophisticated, yeah. you know, looking at each other, seeing who's where, maneuvering across, right, I'm going here, so you're slotting in behind me, right, Messi's made that run, I'll go over there, you know, and it was, it was all very, very well done, you know, it wasn't a sort of... It's where, um, sorry to jump, it's, it's where mm. players like Frank don't ever, I, I feel don't ever particularly get the credit mm. they should. In terms of you know Frank Lampard is known for his goal scoring for you know for being good box to box lots of energy and so forth, but you know he was alongside Mikel last yes. night. I thought he was terrific in the sense that he was just in the right place at the right time, and that's not luck; it's skill. You know, it's yeah. actually being there to plug the gaps because what Barcelona wanted to do, well, they would you know they had to feed it out wide at sometimes, but obviously what they wanted to do was thread it through. And he was just there in the right place at the right time. Yeah, they got through on some occasions. That's always going to happen when you know you're you're seeing that much possession. But he just did a terrific job of, you know, for want of a better phrase, being in the right place at the right time. I mean you know, there were people saying, oh well if it hadn't been for a couple of great saves by Czech and they were great saves. Mm. If Czech hadn't made those saves, how many Chelsea fans would have shaken their heads and said, do you know what, three or four years ago, he'd have put that round the post or he'd have got to that. You know, they were, yeah. they were the sort of saves that a top-class goalkeeper, you know, in, in, at this level, you know, this is sort of championship well, uh, football at the highest level. Yeah, the Your great the goalkeepers are going to make those saves. You know, you've got to expect that you will do that. You know, the clearance off the line... That Ashley Cole clearance, I was looking straight at him because he was sort of in line with where I was. Yeah. He took a pause, he took a step. That ball was, was bound for the net, but it wasn't a last gasp, desperate swing at it and hope for the best. He, he had time to, to steady himself and make good, clean contact and get it away. And that was, that summed up the night really. Even when things were looking at their bleakest, you know, our guys were not, you know, they weren't sort of diving around like lunatics. It was all very controlled and professional. Yes, we, we were lucky they hit the bar and they hit the post and, you know, banged it over the bar when it was easier to put it in the net. But a lot of times, you know, they, they we never lost our control and our, our, our shape last night, which I was very impressed with because mm. that's been one of the big bugbears all season is defensively we've been too easy to pull out of shape. So, yeah. yeah. No, I think... Um, you know, we rode our luck at times, but you're always going to have to. Um, obviously, in, in terms of performances, it's difficult to pick them out. Ashley Cole, I thought, was fantastic. You know, how many wingers he had in his pocket by the end of the night was was difficult to count. Um, Cahill, Terry, excellent. Mikel, as, as previously billed, brilliant. Lampard, Morelos, you know, it was a great performance all round, you know. And if we could do the same thing, you know, I, I think... If we're realistic, you know, it's very nice to beat Barcelona, and there's sort of a, an element of justice about it in the sense that, you know, like we said, we didn't get a player sent off. We beat, mm. you know, eleven against eleven, and we went toe to toe with them in our own way, and, yeah. um, and got a result. Um, whether we're going to be able to do the same in the, at the new camp next week is anyone's guess. But we, we you know, still have a puncher's chance. Arthur exactly. Mallard has struck the first blow. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> Can I just make a reference to Fabregas, Jonathan, if that's right? You can indeed. Are you right to, to stay with us, Tony? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I didn't know if he had to go and let Crouchy out the understair cupboard. <laughs> <laughs> He's banging on the door a bit, but he'll be all right. All right, that's right. <laughs> now, Fabregas has upset me this week, saying we don't play proper football, we've resorted to the long ball. But um, 
I'd just like to mention the Fabregas effect in that he was seven years with Arsenal and during that time they won absolutely nothing but actually prior to him arriving at Arsenal they used to win the double and at least one trophy every season and now he's gone to Barcelona and in their first year they're second in the league and on the brink of going out the Champions League and ending up winning nothing <laughs> now is this just a coincidence or is it the Fabregas effect? Ooh, maybe that's a big one to lay on a man. It's yeah. <laughs> it yeah. a very good point. Well, one thing I mentioned to on the Twittery thing, and JD picked up on it, was the foul count last night. You know, in, in a yeah. Premier League game, we we end up with about, you know, you can often end up with 18, 19 fouls clocked up quite easily. We committed 12 fouls last night against a team that had the ball for 72% of the game or 79% of the game or whatever they had the ball a lot we committed 12 fouls we had the ball for 21% of the game they committed 9 fouls now I'm not quite sure what that tells you other than that we were possibly being more dangerous with the little ball we had than they were being for most of the time because mm. we were only going to foul them when the pressure was on so it sort of tends to indicate that out of that 79% of possession, you know, there are only, there's only 12 fouls worth of pressure, which is not, you know, not massive. You'd expect 20, 23, 24 fouls if we were really, if we were under the cosh and being run ragged, we'd be sort of pulling them down here, there and everywhere. So, you know, that... That's an interesting stat, which no one's. It's, it's probably a, probably a credit to uh, to uh, who will, someone who will probably end up one of the disappeared yet again, um, the, a referee who who didn't fall for um, a lot of the the, the, the the normal stuff that Barcelona try on. Uh, uh, and to be fair to us, I mean, we didn't pick up any particularly silly yellows or or anything mm. like that. I thought he, he, he had a very job we got booked as well, which is unfortunate. If he gets yeah. booked the next game, I presume he will miss the final, which would be um, would be very unfortunate. And, and let's be honest, Didier Drogba, the new camp, the likelihood of a booking is probably fairly high. Yeah, but you know, we'll, you know, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But yeah, so, yeah. But yeah all in all, um, I think I think just one last thing that when you were talking about Drogba and his buying the the team some time, you know, to recover, etc. We were talking about this last night, saying exactly the same thing, and it reminded me of one of the great moments in Chelsea history was when we played Barcelona. Was it that we beat them when Ronaldinho, Ronaldo was oh, playing, Ronaldinho was playing for four two? Yeah, and, um, I think we was at some point we may have been four two up at that time, and the, the clock was running down, and um, Terry got quite badly smacked. And he went down like a sack of spuds. But being John Terry, he wanted to show no fear or anything. He was jump, went to jump straight back up. And Carvalho was standing behind him and just got a hand on his shoulder and whacked him straight down on the turf, pointed at him and said, stay down there, we need a break, boy. You know, and it was that sort of, there was John Terry when he was still young and, you know, not fully au fait with things. And there was the old hand Carvalho saying, this is how we play the game. You take it a whack take the time, you know, take the count and then we'll get on with it. It was so mm. funny. And then that's what I thought Jogba was doing a bit of last night was, you know, just buying a bit of buying a bit of breathing space. Yeah, it's probably borderline cheating, but everyone does it and you know, 
it was irritating well, us and I, irritating I, the journos. So exactly. So I, 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 if there are any Barcelona fans listening to this who are outraged by uh, those views, I will just say that we have a very uh, apt English phrase for for this. If you complain about Drogba's play acting, and that is physician heal thyself that's all I'll say <laughs> it's a very good point um, in which case I've just, just aside of anything else I've just, just read on the interweb Levon Helm he has passed away yeah very um, dreadful isn't it very sad um, so I will pay a, an awfully ham-fisted tribute by saying next Tuesday it's time to kill let's not get stage fright <laughs> Well, I took the train. Got that at least, if nothing yeah. else. I, I, I was standing on the uh, platform last night uh, coming down to the bridge, and obviously I read about Levon a, a couple of uh, nights ago. And, of course, in comes the, tr- the district line train, and it wasn't going to Wimbledon. It was going to Richmond. <laughs> and I was, <laughs> I was humming the night they drove old Dixie down to myself as the train to Richmond came in. So there's your railway reference. So no, we've 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 had a couple of good railway references this this week, which is uh, which is excellent news. Um, we are overrunning, obviously, but I mean yeah. we're forgiven this week. Um, we'll make brief reference to Arsenal on Saturday. I think obviously the key thing is you know our key players are are the likes of um, Lampard, Mikel, Drogba, Terry Cahill. It's going to be interesting to see the side that um, he actually puts out against Arsenal because you know fourth is not entirely lost whilst we've we've done that one to death. Um, Arsenal having been beaten by Wigan on Monday, um, yeah, you you would suggest wrapping Drogba up in um, in cotton wool and um, and playing Torres on Saturday is is a must. Um, I would suggest you know our confidence will be um, will be up. Arsenal's will be a little brittle after um, their performance against Wigan. Um, who knows? Let's. Um, I think we're. I can't remember how many points we are behind, them, but win this in our game in hand. I think there's there's a point difference. So um, yeah, rocking rocking Mongole wanted said fourth place above everything. So you know we're now left at the end of a, a week where they've played two games. You know, with the game that, as far as some people are concerned, is um, the be all. We're, uh, mm. we're we're seven points behind with a game in hand. Mm. Yeah, so, so win two. After that, there's only four games left. So uh, yeah. I I imagine um, uh, even if we win that game on Saturday, uh, it's not going to dent, uh, not going to make a huge dent in Arsenal. Um, that, uh, I'd rather we were playing them on the back of an Arsenal win than than a wounded animal uh, mm. after their defeat the other night. But um, you know, I think uh, I, my comment on the Arsenal game and then the, the team, uh, my observation, and I, I had my my fears about Robbie Di Matteo, but he seems to be growing into the role. Um, I don't recall a coach using the full breadth of squad as good as he has since Mourinho. Yeah, he has whatever he's doing. However, he's dropping the players. It's not affecting players. We're even seeing a slight resurgence in uh, in in Kalu. Uh, Maluda is probably a dead loss, but um, the rest of the team, you know, when they drop, they don't moan. Um, they, he he seems to have that knack of saying, "Look, you know, we are twenty three players or twenty four, whatever the squad size is, and I'm going to use you all, and you need to all be ready." 
to to play in whatever game for whatever reason, and mm. uh, that's admirable. That's fantastic man management. And I, I had my th- the things I had about AVB and, and and some of the players and clicks and all this. I'm sure they still are there, uh, and I still think that whoever takes over has the job of moving us on. Lest we be talking about all the same things, you know, through the early part of next season on on next season's podding shed. But um, it's fairly obvious that the man management thing has made a huge difference. And I don't think he's a puppet. I don't think that the team are running themselves. Um, you know, no. He, he's a he's a, a media delight, isn't he? He's not controversial, but he's not a puppet either. He doesn't just come out and wheel out the usual stuff. He speaks his mind, and um, and he's an interesting guy to listen to, actually. I I like, you know, hearing him interviewed, and, you know, the press conference tomorrow. um, I think it's, it's, you know, as usual, live on the the official website. I I, I should be tuning in because, you know, it's going to be an interesting one after the week we've had. Um, um, you know, with Arsenal coming up on Saturday, it would be very interesting to hear what um, what Robbie has to say. Um, um, actually, Arsenal, Arsenal isn't the next big game. Don't forget, there is the youth yes. semi-final first leg, to which I have two tickets. Ah, right. Oh, very so I, sh- I shall be there with my camera. We is should it the semi-final or is it the final, isn't it? The final. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Did I say yeah. semi? Apologies. Yeah, they beat, final. beat United, didn't they? The when I said semi, I meant half, half of it because it's, it's the first leg. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and it would be easy with the number of semi-finals we've been racking up this season to get confused. Indeed. But on uh, the Arsenal game, I'm, I'm hoping we put the reserves out. Um, fourth place isn't important. Mm. What I'm hoping is that um, Tottenham get fourth place. And then we win the Champions League, and their place in the Champions League gets swept away from them. And and in fact, um, even though Arsenal's live on TV Saturday, I don't think I'm going to be watching it. I'm going to sit down with a copy of their annual report and our annual report and compare various financial ratios and try and see how our financial performance compares to them, because that's the true battle with Arsenal. Mm. They're not interested in football results. They're only interested in earnings before tax and depreciation and net liquidity. So I'd just be interested to see how we compare to them. It's a good point. It's a good point. And you never know, Kenny Douglas may, um, may trump everyone by turning up with a late kit deal and um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> altering the balance of power measurably. Um, I think so, on that sorry, JD, talking no, about the, the, the business side of um, Chelsea, someone made a comment in the pub last night and I didn't really follow it through but they said that they'd heard that there was some sort of post um, game dinner you know that the FA were hosting for mm. for the directors of the clubs on Sunday and that um, that Chelsea had blanked them I, I don't know if that's true if anyone's heard it if, if, no. it's, if it's just a rumour but that you know if so. the, dis- the dissatisfaction with the whole thing which they've obviously not made public um, privately they've obviously decided to you know make a statement I don't know if that's true I, I don't it would be interesting to know if anyone has got any inside gin on that or whether that was just a rumour and shall, um, no such thing has, has happened we shall endeavour to get our, our network of spies such indeed um, out and about before um, we record again which you know frankly who knows when it will be because the way the um, the way the fixture list is at the moment who knows what um, what may be thrown up next um, mm. that's probably a good note on which to finish um, 
I'd personally like to say thanks very much, Chelsea, for a cracking week. Um, it's, it's been a long time since we've had one that good. Um, as, much, as much fun as you can have without genitalia being involved, it, I think, is, is how I'd put it. Precisely, precisely. Um, and um, good luck to them on... Um, on Saturday and of course Tuesday where um, I, I, God only knows we'll all be watching I think I'll be hiding behind the sofa myself but, uh, and tomorrow you can, you can join me in and my tomorrow. cupboard under the stairs Johnny <laughs> me, you, me you and Peter Crouch and, and you Crouch uh, the dwarves actually yes. I did yeah, there is what, I forgot to ask a question carry on Tony yes Yes, For Mark. a big man, does he have a nice touch? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Well said. Brilliant. <laughs> Before this descends any further, <laughs> I think we should bid our, our loyal and, and decent <laughs> listeners a very good night. Yes, good night. Good night, good night from the grocer. <laughs>